Romans chapter 5. Romans chapter 5. We'll be reading a verse of Scripture there. A couple of announcements we'll make mention of while you're turning in your Bible. And one is nursing home ministry tomorrow night at 6.30. And uh, that will be at Pine Arbor Nursing Home. So everyone that's supposed to be there, please show up for that. And uh, youth service Saturday night at 7 o'clock. And uh, so looking forward to that. All the young people are invited. In fact, anyone that wants to come is invited and uh, going to have a great time of fellowship. I don't know what all they're going to be doing, but I do know that there is some homemade ice cream involved in there somewhere. So uh, that sounds like they're going to be doing something good. So uh, anyway, looking forward to that. Brother Cooper's already made mention of the youth camps coming up. Let's pray at God to do something great for our young people in the youth camps, and I believe that God will. Brother uh, uh, Robinson is going to be preaching the junior camp again this year, and uh, Brother uh, Brother Phil White will be preaching the senior camp uh, night services, and Brother Majors will be preaching or teaching on the Godhead during the day, and uh, we're looking forward to a great time in the Lord. And I want all of our young people to start preparing for that. All of you parents, start preparing them for that. So uh, we're looking forward to those things coming up. Romans chapter 5, verse number 12. The Scripture says, Wherefore, as by one man sin entered into the world, and death by sin, and so death passed upon all men, for that all have sin. And you can be seated. <clears throat> I was talking to a preacher before service, and uh, he wanted to know what I was doing. And I said, well, I'm getting ready to preach. And uh, I said, what are you doing? He said, I'm getting ready to preach. I said, well, what are you going to preach about? He said, well, I'm trying to get it together. And he told me, and I said, well, I've got a small, very short subject I'm going to talk about tonight. And uh, I figure I can wrap it up in about five minutes, and that is the subject of sin. He said, I think it's going to take a little bit longer than five minutes to wrap that subject up. But I want to talk to you. The Lord has been dealing with me about this for the past few days, and I want to share it with you if I possibly can. Now, I'm going to split this up in a couple of three different services Wednesday night, so and uh, might pick up Sunday morning. I'm not sure yet, but if not, again, next Wednesday night. I want to talk to you about three things. I want to talk to you about sin, I want to talk to you about judgment, and I want to talk to you about grace. So sin, judgment, and grace. When you talk about sin, uh, there is, I guess there is no ending to the subject of what you could talk about. The world today is very full of sin and a lot of things to do that... that <laughs> If you, if you want to sin, we can just put it like this. If you are looking to sin, the opportunity will surely present itself to you. But when we go to the Word of God and we find out where it began, it's very simple. It began in the beginning. And it has been with us ever since. Now, I'm, I'm going to talk uh, from the point, the viewpoint of sin tonight uh, uh, mainly and we might get into a little bit of the judgment phase of it, but don't don't just cast your judgment until I get through with the whole 
whole uh, message here. But Adam and Eve in the beginning in Genesis chapter 3, uh, the, the Word of God tells us that, that when God placed man in the garden, he's seen that man, uh, as one guy said, man was too happy, so he made him... No. <laughs> man was sad, he was alone, and he wasn't having a good time at all. So God changed all of that, and he made him a woman. And uh, so ever since then, life has never been the same. And uh, one guy, one guy said that that <laughs> well, let's don't go into that. But uh, anyway, so man and and mankind in the Garden of Eden, everything was lovely, everything was great, everything was grand. They had free reign to everything except a tree. And uh, the Lord told them not to eat of this tree. And the Scripture said, and when the woman saw that the tree was good for food. Now, now take in consideration, the Scripture did not say when the man saw. He said when the woman saw that the tree was good and uh, for food, that it was pleasant to the eyes and the tree and a tree to be desired to make one wise. She took of the fruit thereof and did eat and gave also unto her husband with her, and he did eat. Now there is a twofold, twofold meaning to this scripture. And one is, don't get too close to the tree of sin. Uh, <laughs> don't listen to everything that the woman tells you. And men, don't be so wimpy that you do everything she tells you to do. So, <laughs> so now with all of that said and done, Let's get back on course now. Now I got all of you kind of kind of listening now. So so I know you're out there and paying attention. Note the scripture declares that that one a very vital mistake that they made was was hanging around the tree and and looking at the tree and discussing and uh, talking and and communicating with which we could just call sin. And so what happened was when they, when they started hanging around this, it started looking good to them, it started looking appealing to them, and uh, it started smelling good, and everything seemed to be so good about it. So Eve took of the tree, and she ate of the fruit, and then she gave it to Adam, and Adam ate of the fruit. And then all of a sudden, something happened, something totally changed, in mankind. Something changed in the world. And in Genesis chapter 3 and verse number 8, the Scripture said, And when they heard the voice of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day, and Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God, uh, the Lord God, amongst the trees of the garden. Now, Now, this was a time that God would come down and he would talk and he would visit with mankind. And uh, God wanted to come and he wanted to visit with mankind. And then because sin entered into their life, it drove a wedge between them and God. And they started running and hiding from what could help them. Now there is one thing that has not changed about sin. 
And that is when people sin, they seem to run from the very thing that could help them the most. I don't know what it is about sin that when people get it in their life, they start dodging the church. They start dodging the preacher. They start dodging the phone calls. They start running away when the phone starts ringing. They start running away when, when, when God is trying to talk to them. And when we have been in a few services with Brother Bennett and God has been talking to people and visiting with people and trying to get people's attention. And I've noticed people that, that God was talking to running from the very thing that could help them. So sin comes into people's life and it draws, it drives a wedge between mankind and God. There is a communication that God wants with man. God has always desired that of mankind and mankind has always desired that of God. There is a spot somewhere in your life that absolutely nothing can feel but God. It takes God. And God wants so desperately to feel that longing in man's soul. Why does men turn to things in this world? It is because they're trying to fill the void that is there. So sin came into the world. And ever since that time, the world has never, ever been the same again. And so here we, we notice that that when you look and you have a desire to sin, one man said it like this, Have you noticed that when we decide to do something wrong, the means are so readily available? When, some, when, when you are tempted and, and, and uh, when you decide, I, I'm just going to throw in the towel, I'm just going to turn my life over and do whatever, do whatever I, I want to or whatever I desire, whatever feels good, that, that, that is always available for you. You don't have to look for sin, sin to find you. You don't have to look for something wrong to do, something wrong to do will find you. You have to run, you have to stay away from it. The way that you stay away from this is by your dedication and consecration to God. Contrary to public opinion, sin is not what you want to do but can't. It is what you should not should not do because it will hurt you and hurt you bad. God is not a policeman of our lives. He is a father that is concerned about his children. When a child picks up a snake and the father says, put the snake down, the snake is going to hurt you. The child thinks that he has been deprived of a toy, but he has not been taken a toy taken from him but the fact is that a snake has been taken from him. It's not a toy to play with, but it is something that will hurt you, that will destroy you. When a preacher preaches against sin, it makes people nervous. Amen. And sometimes it, it's not, it, I don't guess it's just the preaching against sin that makes people nervous, but when the preacher starts naming sin, that's when people act like they're sitting on a, on a hot tin roof and they can't keep, keep still because that is kind of hitting where, where uh, you know, it's, it's kind of hitting close to home. 
So when the preacher preaches against something that is about to destroy your life, it's not because he does not like you. It's not because he has a special vendetta against you. But the fact is he is trying to get you to turn loose of something that is going to destroy your life. Amen. Amen. It's kind of like kind of like uh, one woman I know that we have heard this many, many times, and, and you'll hear many, many, many more times before uh, your trip to glory. But it's kind of like the woman that on a cold, wet day, she picked up this cold snake. And anybody knows anything about snakes, they know that they don't like cold. And when they get cold, they kind of get stiff and, and uh, they, they don't move too well. And she picked up the snake and she took it home and, and she cuddled it real close and put it in a box and warmed it up. And uh, when she reached her hand down in there after a little while and the snake had warmed up, the snake bit her. And she throwed the snake back in the box and looked at it and said, You ungrateful thing. You unholy thing. What in the world is wrong with you when you were cold and, and you could not move and you were about dead? I picked you up and I, I held you close and I warmed you up. And uh, what in the world have you done? You have bitten me now. And, and why? Why? After all that I have done for you. And the snake looked up as he was sticking his tongue out at her, as a snake normally does. And he said, you knew I was a snake when you picked me up. So what the preacher's job is, and the Holy Ghost is, is to warn you about sin. And that there is a devil that is out there trying to deceive you. There is a devil out there trying to stop you in your tracks and get you just for a moment to tune in and to listen to what he has got to say. Now, uh, it's kind of like one woman said that she was walking by the store and her husband was arguing with her over what she had been spending as of recently and and uh, he said, is that a new dress you got on? And she said, uh, yes, it is a new dress. He said, you know we couldn't afford you to buy a new dress. And uh, she said, well, said the devil made me do it. He said, oh, the devil made you buy that dress. She said, oh, yes. And I was walking down the sidewalk. And I looked through the window and there was a dress on a mannequin in there and and the devil said, won't you just go in there and look at it? And I said, devil, don't you be tempting me. And she said, the devil told her, said, won't you just go in there? It don't cost anything to look at it. And uh, it don't cost anything just to stop by just for a few minutes. She said, so the devil grabbed me by the arm and he opened that door and he shoved me inside. And uh, I was just standing in there looking at the dress. And that devil said, won't you just try it on? And uh, she said, devil, you know I don't have the money to buy that dress. And the devil said, oh, you don't have to buy it. Just try it on. And then she said, well, said I, I went in and I tried it on. And the devil said, don't it fit good? Now, won't you just go up there and buy it? She said, so the devil made me buy it. I didn't want to. So that is a way in our lives so many times today. We don't want to sin, but we just flirt with the fact of sinning. 
And we put ourselves in bad places to where sin is readily available. Amen. That's the reason why we teach so, so, uh, so powerfully and strongly against Hollywood and against television is because it is making sin so available to the saints of God. You don't need to be tempted every day like that. You don't need to see alcoholic beverages flashed in front of you every day. Your children don't need to see people killed every day. You don't need to see adultery and fornication and homosexuality every day flash before you over and over and over and over again. Keep yourself away from sin. Amen. Amen. You see, we are flirting with the devil. Flirting with sin. Sin is is something that we've painted up to be cute and and uh you know and and even even I don't believe in Halloween but I have seen people at and Halloween time and uh, I hope none of you I, I pray that you don't celebrate Halloween that's the devil's day and uh, so so here here people are they dress their children up in little hideous costumes and put little devil's faces on them and little devil's horns on them and little pitchforks in their hands. We have made the devil some some kind of friend of ours. Let me tell you something today. The devil is no friend of yours. You know what the devil wants to do to you? The devil wants to send your soul to an everlasting burning place of torment. And some of us need to stand up in the face of the devil and say, Devil, I'm not about to listen to your lies. I'm not about to flirt with you. I'm not about to give you the time of day because I've got something better to do with my time. Amen. 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 So many people try to, uh, try to, uh, you know, just, just, uh, make him a very social, sociable person. And, and, uh, you know, we shouldn't talk so evil about it. And we shouldn't, we shouldn't be so, so rough about it and so negative about it. I don't know what it is about sin to mankind, but sin is very attractive. Amen. Sin is very alluring. Out of all of the trees that Adam and Eve had in the Garden of Eden, how many, how many trees do you think there was in the Garden of Eden? You know, I guess any number that we named would be pretty much, pretty much okay. I say there was about a million trees in there. So, so somewhere, somewhere out of a million trees, there was one tree that, that had such a draw to it and such a power to it and, and such a pull to it. What is it about sin that is so, so alluring to mankind and, and it draws and it pulls at people in it and it's always tugging at people? What is it about, about uh, a man that that has a family and and uh, has a a nice wife and and has a nice uh, children and and everything going their way. What is so alluring about adultery for a man or a, for a woman in that state? But but what 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 pulls them? They fail to 
to understand that it did not start out all at once, but it was a little bit, a little bit at a time, a little bit of flirting with sin, a little bit of, of coaching along with sin, and, and a little bit of, of, of getting along with it to where, it, where all of a sudden you look up and you have got yourself in a predicament that you didn't ask for, and you wonder, how in the world did I get here? What is it? What is it that is so alluring about drinking? Amen. To young people especially, that draws them. They fail to see the the alcoholic that's under the bridge tonight. They fail to see the person that their marriage has fallen apart because of alcohol, because of sin. Amen. But it is so alluring, it's so appealing that it pulls on them and, and it, and it pushes and it, and it draws them because sin is so powerful and we should not be playing around with the sin. Amen. What is it about drugs that is so appealing to young people today? I don't understand it because it's never been appealing to me. I've just never wanted to, to, to take something that would destroy what little bit of brain that I have. Amen. I, I feel like I didn't have enough to go around, so I sure didn't want to harm what I had. Amen. What, what is so appealing about, about looking at some, some thug out there that's got his pants hanging off of his, off of his backside and, and, uh, you know, looking so stupid and ignorant that young people want to follow after that. And it's such a pull. And you saying, oh, is that a sin? It's, it's playing with sin. Amen. It's come from the prison system. I don't want anything to do with prison. Amen. Unless it's to be preached to somebody that's in prison. I certainly don't want to be looking like them. Amen. What is it? It's a drug. It's a drug world. And it's pulling and it's appealing to young people. Amen. Amen. You young people, get your britches up where they belong. My goodness gracious sakes alive. We're not, we're not playing with that kind of atmosphere. You say, oh, it, it won't hurt me. What, it, what is so appealing to young people to where they want to listen at music that talks about killing cops, that talks about rape, that talks about drug use, Amen. Sin is vicious. And what you listen at is going to be what you become in the future. Amen. You, you say, oh, it don't affect me. Music affects you. Music gets a hold of you. Music drives you. Music forces you into doing things that you wouldn't ordinarily do. Amen. <laughs> oh, praise God. Sin. Sin. Sin is so powerful. Amen. They listen. <clears throat> they listen. I, I, I was listening or, or, or I was reading the newspaper the other day. I was reading. I didn't even read the whole story. I just read the headlines of some singer, some rap singer that, that uh, he had, he'd done one last concert before he was sent off to prison. Oh, bless my soul. I would have loved to have been there and support that idiot. Amen. That, that's how ignorant we are thinking when we buy this kind of music. Amen. Parents, I, 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 I encourage you strongly, get these iPods and listen at what your children is listening at. 
Hey, man, I called one cell phone the other day. Just, just felt like calling him and telling him I was praying for him. Man, the stuff I heard on the cell phone on the ring made me want to go and fast and pray for him. All the ignorant garbage of and this and that. And if you listen at the lyrics of that junk, amen, you can't listen at somebody talk about sex all the time without wanting to have it yourself. I know that's plain, but... But that is what it is. That's the reason why our society is so polluted and so vulgar and there is no moral law in society any longer. Even what we are going by is this Bible. And this Bible says it is the you are supposed to be pure and keep yourself holy and undefiled from this world. Amen. We are in this world, but we are not of this world. You can't listen to that garbage and live a holy and righteous and dedicated life. Amen. Sin. Sin. The Scripture says in Romans chapter 6 and verse 23, For the wages of sin is death. That's the wages of sin. Now let me bring this a little closer to some of you older ones. You can't listen to the wang and twang of country music that talks about having an affair with your brother's wife or your neighbor's wife. Amen. Or losing your dog, getting drunk, getting stoned, going out and finding a new girlfriend. And that never affects you. It will affect you. It affects your way of thinking. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. This is the way people find themselves in terrible, terrible situations. It starts out by this. Oh, that, that don't affect me. Oh, yes, it will affect you. Amen. It will affect you. It will affect the way you think up here. And when you start hearing that stuff, you start thinking about it. I tell you what, you can, you, you, you young people, in 30 years from now, you will remember the songs that you are playing in your head right now. There is songs that I can't get out of my brain. Amen. Because I polluted my brain. That is the power of that music. And you, you, can, you can go around and sing stuff and not even know what you're singing or what you're talking about. But it's over and over and over and over in your head. Amen. That is, a, that is one of the greatest tools that the devil is using on our generation today. It's polluting our minds. Amen. Are you, 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 ever, you ever seen that? On the, on the billboard that says, your mind is a terrible thing to waste. The devil has known that for a long time. Your mind is a terrible thing to waste. Let me get a hold of their minds. Let me get in their thinking. Let me, let me just deal with what, what they're thinking about. And, and I tell you what, I have never heard, I have never in my life, amen, back in the 80s when I was growing up, man, I thought it was bad then. But it wasn't a drop in the bucket to what these children, these, excuse me, I hate to offend you, these teenagers are going through today with what they are, they are, man. I, I did something, I'll, I'll share something real foolish with you that I did. 
the other day, me and my wife, we were shopping. I said, you know what I want to do? I want to be cool at youth camp. So I went in one of these, one of these cool stores. And uh, I was going to buy me one of these cool shirts where all these kids would know that I'm, I'm a cool guy. And uh, I went in that store. I tell you what, you about to have to have blindfolders to go on there. I said, my, my word, what in the world is this? I, it looked like pretty much pornography to me all over the walls. I said, well, maybe I don't need to be quite that cool. I'll cool it on out of here. But, but that, you know, that, that is just normal to society today. These teenagers don't think a thing about it. Sin has, has some way got its way into the church. Just creeping and crawling a little bit at a time. Sin, for the wages of sin is death. Let me tell you, there's a penalty that you will pay for sin. There is a penalty that you will pay for sin by one man. One, one, one man. Mistake, fall in the garden is the reason why we're dealing with this today. There is a penalty that you will pay for sin. The Scripture says when, when God was speaking to Cain about Cain's uh, evil thought against his brother, he said, If thou doest well, shalt thou not be accepted? But if thou doest not well, sin lieth at the door. And unto thee shall be his desire, and thou shalt rule over him. Now, there is something that you need to ask yourself today. Do I want to be accepted by God? Or do I want to turn to sin that is lying right? I'm telling you, some of you tonight, sin is lying right at your door. And it's a decision that you've got to make on what do I want to do with what is presented before me? What direction am I going to go? What, what move am I going to make? What am I going to do about sin? Am I going to accept it? Or am I going to turn to it? Let me, let me tell you one fatal mistake that we have all made in our life. And so many people make it over and over and over, and that is getting too close to the tree. If she never would have gotten close to the tree, she never would have heard the voice of temptation. If she never would have gotten close to the tree, she never would have seen how beautiful the fruit was. If she never would have gotten close to the tree, she never would have smelled the sweet aroma of what was offered there. I say she, I say them. They were both there together and both made a terrible mistake. Some of you need to flee from the sin that is lying at your door. 
run away from it. Say, devil, I don't have time for you. I'm not listening at this. I'm not going to go this direction. I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to allow this to happen in my life. Sin. What should we do about sin? Should we ignore it and hopefully it will go away? No, we have to deal with sin. We have to preach about sin. We have to preach against sin. We have to warn you when you are falling in the pitfalls of sin. So over and over and over and over, you will hear it preached. You will hear it said, sin, don't sin. Stay away from sin. Run from sin. Flee from sin. Don't, don't talk to the devil. Don't communicate with the devil. Don't listen to what the devil is promoting. <clears throat> sin is a very, very terrible and i tell you what I'm going to do tonight. I am going to finish this up Sunday morning. I just felt that on my heart right now. I'll talk about judgment Sunday morning, and then I'll finish it up by talking about the grace of God. Sin. Sin, judgment, and grace. Three, I tell you what, the judgment and the penalty for sin. It's just death. That's all there is to it. Just death. So I warn you. I warn you. Stay away from sin. Flee from sin. Young people, what in the world is so alluring about these things that's tempting you? You ask yourself, what, what, is, what is tempting you today? Is drugs tempting you? Is cigarettes tempting you? Is cursing tempting you? Is worldly living tempting you? It has no life in it because the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Hallelujah. Let's all stand and lift our hands toward heaven tonight and thank God for His goodness and His mercy. Hallelujah. Lord, we love You today. We praise You.